0: Welcome to episode number one of Eye-Opening Moments, where you hear stories of adversity, encounters, and perspectives. These are real-life stories that can lift your spirits, give you some food for thought, or move you. I'm your host, Emily K. Tan. In this episode, you're going to hear about a lost voice dim sum with dad and walking to the bus stop A moment of adversity called a lost voice shut up how dare you how dare you talk back to me howled grandma the next thing i knew grandma knocked me on the head so hard that a tear jumped out of my left eye while my other eye watered uncontrollably I can still hear her knock with her knuckles that I never knew were so hard. I had never seen Grandma so angry. She rarely ever yelled at me, so I remember this rare occasion. I didn't understand why she was so angry. I can't even remember what she said. I only remember helping her do something in the kitchen. She was talking to me, and I voiced my opinion about it in one sentence, like commenting, and then one loud knuckle hit the upper side of my head. My head pounded like a brick wall that got hit by a rock, only I could feel the sharp, throbbing pain. In another instance, grandma was planning for a summer picnic. Around the big rectangular kitchen table, she discussed what to prepare and bring with my aunties. Bending with knees on the chair, I leaned in listening, with interest, and suggested a fruit salad in a watermelon basket, chicken wings, fat noodles, frisbee, candyland, operation board games. All my suggestions fell on deaf ears. Nobody listened to what I said. Nobody responded to what I said. I repeated my requests, and then again. Then they told me to be quiet because they were busy planning for the picnic and had to hurry as they needed to go to the supermarket before it closed. How could one knock on the head be like a whiplash that jolted me? How could one picnic planning event fracture me? Somehow, these childhood scenes got engraved in my memory bank and directed me on a path that silenced my voice. The nine-year-old girl in me decided that no one would hear my ideas, opinions, and voice. My voice didn't matter, and I didn't count. After all, relatives punished me for voicing my opinion. As a result, I became quiet. I shut down and lost my voice. Years later, as a teenager, I was in a small private college with classes as small as a dozen students. In one of the small classes, the professor called on every individual to speak and share their ideas. I was shocked. I thought, did the teacher want to know what I thought? Did she want to hear my ideas? Was she calling on me? Somehow, I began to think that maybe, just maybe, I had a voice. Maybe my ideas mattered. Perhaps people will hear my voice. It could be that others would listen to my voice here. I liked college. It was the place where I began to find a fragment of my voice. After graduating from college, I became a teacher. I was standing in front of a group of students year after year. I spoke and they listened. If they didn't, I demanded that they be at attention and they did most of them excelled as i made sure they listened and learned when they had problems i listened to their voice just as i had wished when i was a child i began to find audible pieces of my voice i thought i found my voice here but i had a captive audience when i became a presenter in business people said that i explained things clearly and made abstract concepts understandable and relatable. People expressed gratitude, and I found great satisfaction in having a platform to express myself and help customers buy a product or help business partners gain more ideas to advance their presentations. I began to find distinct parts of my voice in this business environment. When I became a manager and supervised over 30 people, Along with helping other managers, I discovered that helping others solve their problems was a rewarding experience. Some followed my suggestions. I saw results and knew they heard me. When other managers sought my help, I knew they heard me, and I heard louder pieces of my voice. When I was a child, I thought I had no voice. When I was a teenager, I thought I might have a voice. When I became an adult, I practiced having a voice. When I became a teacher and business presenter, people heard me. I thought I had found my voice, but I had captive audiences. Despite many fragments pieced together, some were still missing. The nine-year-old in me still didn't forget about being silenced the adult me who is still a bit run by a long-running habit of not frequently speaking up no there are more pieces for me to find perhaps that is why i thought about writing for 10 years 10 years but i was paralyzed to move into action maybe the undying pieces of my voice are begging me to find them And let them out. As a mature woman writing a book, the voice from within began expressing itself. Tickled with joy, I find freedom in full self-expression and contentment in bringing together all the pieces of a voice onto printed pages. As I began speaking in a podcast, the voice from within thundered out with electrifying exhilaration. Most fulfilling is a voice found and heard far and wide to empower and inspire. A moment of an encounter called Dim Sum with Dad. I come from a family of eight, You would never know this unless I told you. To find my whole family together is a rarity. From the time I was a toddler to a mature woman, you would seldom find us all together, even at a funeral or a wedding when people usually all get together. As a toddler, mom sent me to live with my father's mother. As a child, she sent me to live with her mother. So already then, the family wasn't All together. When I finally returned to live with my parents as a teenager, Mom sent my youngest sister to live with her mother. She sent my younger sister to boarding school. The family of eight was practically never together for even a day. When I got married, I thought it would be an opportunity to get everyone together. But I was wrong. I got everyone to come except my younger sister she didn't come because mom forbade her to come mom felt she would be embarrassed if people knew my younger sister was a single mom when grandma my mom's mom died i thought it would be another opportunity where everyone would get together but i was wrong again no one invited me Though I wasn't invited because mom was angry at me for not helping to fund her retirement, I still went. I invited myself because this grandma was the one who raised me and cared for me for 10 years. Since I went, I discovered mom again forbade my younger sister to go. My sister said it didn't matter because she didn't have a close relationship with this grandma anyway. Why was it so hard to get this family together? Only mom would know, I think. My younger sister, I believe, had the nicest answer. She said, mom got married as a teenager and started having kids quickly. She wasn't grown up and never got a chance to mature. So that's why she doesn't know how to be a better mom. Whether they be big events or small events, important or not important, you wouldn't find this family of eight together. That is why you wouldn't know I come from a family of eight unless I told you. However, I can recall one occasion where we were together. There was no reason to get together. I think we happened to all be in the same city and mom decided we should get together for a dim sum lunch. A dim sum lunch is no quick meal where you can eat and run there are many small dishes servers would cart around the food to serve you when you finish some servers take away the empty dishes and replace them with more food from the carts you end up eating more than you expect and with so many choices to feast your eyes you would think to pick yet another dish from a cart though the meal took over an hour there was not much conversation. There was polite conversation or comments about the food. It was like strangers getting together to eat. You wouldn't know we were a family. Then at the end of the meal, we took turns to go to the restroom. Those sitting at the large round table of empty dishes waiting were mainly silent. Then dad said something that astounded me. The impact of it all made me promise not to put myself in a place like his. He only made a simple statement, but I learned a great lesson from it. Though it was a rare lunch together with the whole family, I call it Dim Sum with Dad because his comment lingers on me. He said, Hmm, you all look different. And he shifted his head from side to side, appearing to look at each of his children carefully. As the kids in the family, we were in our 20s and dad was in his 50s. What frightened me was me saying to myself, oh my gosh, I hope when I am old, I don't have to say I missed seeing something so significant. His comment made me feel like he never stopped to look at us or notice us, his offsprings. Remembering this, I must demand that I pay better attention to the people in my life, stop to notice what is around me. I must better observe and treasure people and places. I must appreciate and recognize all I have because time waits for no one. Still remembering dad's comment, I often say in my mind, I don't wanna be old sitting in my rocking chair and saying, I wish I did this or I did that. It could be something from my bucket list, but it could be as simple as noticing something about someone important to me or stopping to appreciate the beauty and fragrance of a flower. Oh dear, and aim to live without regrets, especially the kind of regrets of never having done something I wanted to do. Though I barely had a relationship with Dad, his short comment impacted my life. Anytime I remember that scenario, it reminds me, to live life, see life, and appreciate life more. Don't let all those little moments pass by without noticing them or appreciating them. A moment of a perspective called Walking to the bus stop. I walked to the bus stop by myself, and I hated it, but I had to do it every weekday. Everyone in the house was busy at work, and no one had the time to walk me to the bus stop, so I had to go it alone. It took five minutes to get there, and I would see other kids walking to the bus stop on the way there, too. Different from me was that they were not alone. They had a parent or grandparent hold their hands and walk them to the bus stop. After many times, the adults recognized me and would kindly wave at me and say hello when they saw me. The kids didn't say anything. However, when I got to the bus stop, things were different. As all the kids stood there waiting for the bus, some stood there still holding an adult's hand. Some were running around or playing with some toy. I stood there alone, watching other kids. One kid would run around me and laugh. Another kid would say, You don't have parents? Yet another child would say, Your parents don't want you, and that is why you don't have parents. Then another two would run around me and laugh like they were taunting me. One even said, Are your parents dead? They looked like they thought it was fun. I just stood there, frozen, without saying a word. Why didn't I speak up for myself? Why didn't I tell them my grandparents were busy working and couldn't walk me to the bus stop? Why didn't I tell them I had parents, but they lived in another state? I said nothing, and they didn't know my situation. They only knew what they saw. They saw that everyone had someone to bring them to the bus stop, and only I didn't have anyone. The eight-year-old me cried inside and felt like I didn't have anyone who cared for me. On the outside, I looked strong and unaffected by what other kids were saying to me or laughing at me. The adults there did not know much English and didn't understand or realize how the kids were being cruel to me. They only seemed to tell some kids to stop running around. There was no one to save me, and I didn't stand up for myself either. It seemed like the wait for the bus took so long. The bus never arrived at the same time each day, so I had to be early. Sometimes it would be early, sometimes it would be late. You couldn't predict its arrival. Who knew that waiting at a bus stop could be so torturous? Perhaps that was when I developed a stoic look. I knew I would not let anyone know that I felt hurt or bothered. My way of fighting back was to let others think that they didn't bother me and that I was strong. Only in recent history did I hear a few comments that I looked stoic or like a robot without feelings. No doubt, the words were not compliments. However, the word stoic made me ponder. My only conclusion is that it is my way of defending or protecting myself. I am now much more aware of the adverse effects of walking to the bus stop alone and feeling the less than positive reactive mechanisms I used to protect myself when I was eight. I endured it for six years until I graduated from school. As a mature woman now, I choose to change the narrative to this story. Though I cannot change what happened, I can always change something about it in my mind or in my imagination to help me move forward more positively. As a lover of public speaking or giving speeches, I decided to tell a group of students, 8-year-olds, a story about a little 8-year-old girl walking to the bus stop to go to school. I began sharing my story, but I changed my reaction to the circumstances. Since I wanted to make a difference for the children sitting before me, I created something ingenious. I created a new story in my mind and told a unique story to the bunch of eight year olds sitting in front of me. I said that when I went home, I told my grandmother that I didn't want to walk to the bus stop by myself because the other kids were laughing at me. Grandma said they didn't know my secret, and if they did, they would not be laughing at me. What's my secret? I asked Grandma. She said, They don't know how brave you are to be able to walk to the bus stop all by yourself. You are a brave and independent girl, and you should be proud of it, said Grandma. With that, Grandma gave me the courage I needed to hold my head up high and be proud of my bravery. To my surprise, I felt moved by the story I created and told. I was even more astonished when the eight-year-olds clapped and a few softly said that it was such a good story. I felt I had inspired them. I even inspired myself to think more positively about a negative occurrence. Though I lost my voice as a child, I found my voice as an adult. Though I never had much of a relationship with dad, what little time I had with him, I learned a valuable lesson about life. Though I had to do many things on my own as a child, I learned to be brave and independent. Next week, you will hear three new real life stories called A Broken Heart, A Conversation About a Broken Heart, and the place for rejuvenation. If you have any questions or comments about an eye-opening moment, click on the link below or go to www.inspiremereads.com.